the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I like trying to give you some themes and some ideas to help you get to retirement. And I try to do it in a variety of means from maybe what the millennials are spending on. I used to do a segment on what the Generation Xers are spending on. That's how long I've been doing this. Over a generation in theory, if you're thinking about it that way. Oh, my, my, my. I I will be happy if you become a better investor. I will be happy if I don't have to use my tax money to support you when you're 60 years old. Am I doing it for that greedy issue? No. But I throw that out there. I want to talk about the Incredible Hulk. Why do I want to talk about the Incredible Hulk? Because he, too, has stood the test of time. Hulk is legendary. Do you remember Hulk Smash? Hulk! The Hulk! I'm the Hulk of investments! I smash the competitors in radio! Like, I get that angry at how bad people are in radio. Do you see where I'm going with this? I'm not a fictional superhero. I'm Rob Black, King of Slack. Um, oh, snap. Oh, snap. Created by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, 1962. Think about this for a second. He was a monster, right? He was the first monster superhero, I think. I could be making that up. But before that, it was like Captain America and Superman. They weren't monsters. They were like normal-looking people. But he was a monster. And Dr. Robert Bruce Banner. And he got infected by gamma radiation. Could you tell I watched the Hulk growing up as a kid? With Bill Bixby. And Bill Bixby would always like... He would inevitably get mad because a reporter was chasing after him from city to city while he was trying to learn more about gamma radiation and how to cure himself. And somewhere in the process, he would smash things. I know you're saying, really? Don't forget, there was Green Hulk, there's Red Hulk. Um, there's Hulk with the Avengers. There's many, many, many Hulks, right? So I'm a big fan of understanding like a little bit. Sometimes things change. You, sometimes you have to introduce the monster superhero. And on this show, sometimes I have to be the monster and have to be a jerk. Sometimes I have to point out, like, annuities aren't a great product, and the people that sell them sometimes are jerk faces. I know you're saying, did you just call someone jerk face? Hulk called him jerk face! I like the way you say that. So I have an angry side in me of people who rip off other people. It really upsets me. I think it comes with the territory, and I'm okay with that. It comes in every industry. Um, On occasion, you get a bad mechanic. On occasion, you get a bad chef. On occasion, you get a bad something, right? But it does pretty much so anger me. So one of the things I like to do is I like to simplify things. Like, for instance, here's 25 basic principles that Hulk would love. It would make Hulk happy. He would never turn green. He would be fine. Number one, time and healthy savings rates will solve all investment loans. If you're able to save 5%, 10%, 15%, 15% is very healthy. 15% would be called, you got some meat on your bones in investing. You're a big boy. But time also. Number two, your top two financial priorities should be maxing out your 401k or your 403b or your 457 and paying off your high balance debt. 
if you've got debt over 8% paid off, you're not going to beat that in the market. Your better return is going to be paid on the debt. Number three, your employer's stock is the riskiest stock you could own. Um, right now, I'm at Salem Communications, and in no way, shape, or form is it most of my wealth. But I have a 401k here. If they were to fire me, I'd lose my minimum wage job, which it actually sometimes costs me more money because I have to pay tolls to get here and gas and such. So I'd lose that. Then I'd lose my disability insurance, which isn't much. Then I'd lose my 401k retirement plan until I get another one going, right? So I'm time out of the market. The riskiest stock you could own is your own companies because they also pay for typically your health insurance or a portion of it. Number four, 25 basic principles of investing. If you invest in just a couple of stocks, the odds suggest that you will lag the market. How come? In any year, the market's return is driven by a minority of stocks that post blowout earnings or gains. You know, if Apple's up 60% in one year, the S&P 500 could be up 10%. And the 499 other stocks in the S&P 500 could be down because it's a market-weighted index. So I like diversity. I hope you do too. I love it. I love it. I Number five on the list, if you need your money back within a few months, it's foolish to own stocks. If you need your money back in 10 to 20 years, it's foolish not to own stocks. So that's kind of a litmus test for you, right? Don't try to beat the market. Try to be the market. I know you're saying that's very zen of you. You're now starting to sound like that that hot airbag Tony Robbins. <laughs> no, I'm not. Hulk mad, you said Tony Robbins. He angers me. He does anger me. I might have a hard tech on air. Keep in mind, you can't beat the market when it comes to costs and some other things that are going to cause you to lag the market. That's why you want to cut your costs down. That's why index funds are great. Number seven, if asked for a market forecast, it's typically best just to say I'm cautiously optimistic. Hey, when President Trump got in, things looked bad that first night when he got elected. The market's dumped. Best thing to say is I'm cautiously optimistic. I get the dumping. I get the panic. I get the you want to try to be right. Right now, there's an inverted yield curve, which... Oh, Hulk don't like inverted yield curve! But I have to kind of go with it. Because sometimes the market goes up even when the, the yield curve inverts. Number eight, if you hear a stock touted on television... It doesn't mean a thing. It don't mean a thing if you don't got the ring. Um... Are you with me or are you against me? So try not to look at someone on TV saying, I really like this. Because sometimes they're, they're already in it. And they may have bought it a lot lower. To me, number nine investment principles is a tumbling stock market could upset people. But it does have any financial impact unless you sell. So let's say you buy $100 a stock and it goes down to 80 It could still go back up to 105 110 80 is just a paper loss. And there's, it can become a real, it can get worse. You can buy stocks incorrectly or stock markets. It's tougher to buy stock markets incorrectly because you're buying the whole market and you can get it indexed for 10 cents on every hundred dollars that you're buying. Stocks are a little bit tougher. So the tumbling stock market doesn't bother me in any way, shape or form. To me, the biggest thing that keeps me up at night is inflation. It's a far greater threat than a market that goes up and down a little bit. The gyrations in the market, I'm okay with. Have you ever been on a boat? I once was going across the English Channel on a boat, and it was rough waters. But you kind of get used to it, and you kind of learn how to walk in that kind of like volatility. you got to do the same thing with investing. What you got to worry about is inflation. Things cost more. If you don't fully understand investment, don't buy it. Hulk don't like people who don't know what they're buying! 
focus on how much your portfolio makes each year after costs. Don't focus on each day, each month. Don't don't look at your net worth every day. If you're at a shopping mall, price has some sort of bearing to quality, but not on Wall Street. Buy quality companies. Don't worry about the price. Buy quality companies. It'll pay off in the long run. This segment brought to you by Marvel Comics and the Hulkster. Hulkmaniac. Oh, now I'm getting into WWE stuff. That's right, brother. I'm the real Hulk. Hulk don't like fake Hulk. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I still want to talk about some investment um, principles. Short-term bonds will give you the most yield, most of the yield of a long-term bond. I'm not a long-term bond guy. I'm really not even a bond guy personally. I get it for people who are a little bit older who want a little bit more security. But these low interest rates make bonds very, very difficult. When picking a mutual fund, um, cost should be important. An index fund, cost should be important. With bond fund, cost should be important. A bond fund, if you're looking to get 3% and it costs you 2% to buy, it makes no sense. And there was a day and age where people were doing stupid stuff like that. Yeah, no kidding. When it comes to stocks, if you own a real simple principle, I like to sell my losers and keep my winners in stocks because they've stood the test of time. If it's a loser, it didn't stand the test of time. Now, in mutual funds, it's different. Or index funds, it's different. I like to buy more of my loser. Because it's I'm, an index fund, you're diver, it's diversified. And it's just telling you that it's a bad year. It's a bad stretch. With stocks, it could be a bad company, a bad year, bad visibility. It could be a lot more. So if you have a 401k, a 403b, a 457, take a look at your funds today. And a couple years ago, you probably set up a European fund. And maybe it underperformed. That's the one you want to buy. A couple years ago, you set it up and maybe bought a tech fund. And it's rock and rolled. Like Kiss. I want to rock and roll all night. And party every day. Or was it rock and roll all day and party every night? I don't remember the words of Kiss. You know why? Because they were pretty crappy bad. But yet, somehow, they stood the test of time. Was it the costumes? Was it the, the tales of sexual prowess of Gene Simmons? What was it? Was it the mystery? Do you remember when Kiss went to a, a theme park? <laughs> Why do I remember these things? Oh, you don't want to babysit the loose ends in my head. So for every dollar you pay in mortgage interest, you might save 28 cents in taxes. Assuming you're in the 28%. It's rock and roll all night. and party every day. Okay. Got to get those straight. That's important. Write it down. Rock and roll all day, party every night. Or was it the other way around? So for every dollar you pay off in mortgage interest, a lot of people like to prepay their mortgage. You might save 28 cents. So it leaves you ultimately poor, though, because you've paid the taxes on that interest. You've paid the taxes on the money that you're using for the cash, and you're losing the opportunity in the market. Um, So you have to be very cautious on how you think of things. I know people like, I want to pay off my mortgage early. Don't want to do it. Because it doesn't, your mortgage doesn't, it doesn't, well, if you have an adjustable mortgage, it changes. It doesn't change. You know what's crazy? I'll tell you what's crazy. 30 years ago, no, it wasn't 30 years. Yeah, 30 years ago, I bought a house, essentially. And it was $150,000 or something like that. And I was like, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of people rolling a pizza. And it was. 
and like that hundred fifty thousand dollars, I look at like it's nothing to me. An expensive home now is like two million or something. I don't know. So do you see how things can change? Winning. And the bank gave me a, a check for one hundred fifty thousand dollars and said, "Go buy a house. Pay us over thirty years. We don't care. It, we're only going to charge you four percent interest. It's nothing because you get it deducted almost. It's almost free money." So don't pay off that free money. It's the lowest cost of money there is, a mortgage. I don't know. A lot of people don't like me. No, it's not a lot of people don't like me. A lot of people don't like the truth. The truth is, you can't handle the truth. The easiest and cheapest way to cut your eventual estate tax bill. It's like I actually said that. The easiest and cheapest way to cut your tax bill. You know what's offensive? Paying taxes when you die. You know what's cool? Later in life, giving money to your kids. Or your charities or your whatever. So if you're above that threshold and you're going to pay a death tax, strongly consider against it because that's just offensive. That's where America should have a revolt. I know you're saying, no, we want livable wages. Now I'm like, no, death taxes. You've already been taxed on it once. Federal income, state income. And you're going to get taxed on it when you die. It's called a success tax. I hate that one. But if you get offended, that's the way the cookie crumbles. No. I like moist cookies because they don't crumble. See how I fix things in my life? I like keeping things simple. Dry cookies are like the Sahara. Who wants to eat a cookie that's going to crumble like the Sahara? Houston, we have a problem. Okay, insurance. Here's my principle on this one. Only insure what you can't afford to lose. So, my laptop. I've got a pretty good laptop. Um, I might insure that, right? A diamond ring I might insure. A car I might insure. But how about that microphone that you pick up and Best Buy is like, do you want to buy an extended warranty? No, you don't need that because if you lose your microphone, it's probably not going to bankrupt you, right? But you insure your health in case you lose it. I've lost my health recently. I've got a massive infection in my body. Um, So I went to the doctor with my health insurance because I don't want to die. And he goes, we got to put you on some super steroids. I'm like, so I can be like, Hulk, I want to get ripped. And he goes, no, no, no. So we can fight the infection in your body because you might be dying. So insure what you can't afford to lose. I don't want to die. I want to live. I know you're saying that's, that's poetic. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, so the only insurance, true disasters, life insurance would be a disaster. If I died when I was 20, no problem. Kit Kat would have been screwed because I didn't have a plan for where would Kit Kat go. So hopefully a neighbor would have taken her, right? But no one else. People didn't need my money. But when you have kids and a wife, you need to get term life insurance. Because you might get hit by a bus. You know, I've seen two people killed um, in person. Not like, I wasn't like waiting for it to happen, but I saw a guy changing his tire and he just got hit. I don't like where this is going. And then I once saw a bicyclist. Get this, I was on a date. I was going to see a movie in Washington, D.C. and it's super dark. And um, I see a bicyclist on the other side of the road and he got smashed by a car. And the car kept going. So I turned the car around and uh, I stopped and I I got out of the car and sure enough, he was dead bones sticking out of his body. Like it was gross. It was, it was, it was heinous. So this was pre cell phone. (laughs) Try to explain that to your children. What did you used to do? Well, we used to have Dixie cups and we put string on it and we talked to each other before the cell phone. (laughs) No, you actually had to walk to a a place that had a phone mounted on a wall. So I do that. I I say, I, I stopped the car I send the girlfriend, I'm like, you go get the police because we didn't have a cell phone. No one's going to stop. It was midnight or something like that, right? You know what the cop did when he got there? He, he acted like I was the guy who hit him. I was like, whoa. But anyway, 
other little uh, things to think about is don't invest in a vacuum. If you're investing for retirement, brush your teeth. Don't smoke. Don't drink too heavily. You're allowed to drink, but don't drink too heavily. And exercise. You want to invest for the rest of your life. You don't want to die at 60 after and having millions of dollars. You want 60 day to be fun. So you want to be healthy to have that money and to enjoy that money and to not go to work that day. I'm Rob Black. When in doubt, your best course of action is to do nothing. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. One thing that I want to talk about is Susie Orman. I know you're saying, oh boy. And I also want to tie it to Ka. Do you remember Ka? Pronounced Car. It's the snake's name in the Jungle Book. He's a python. And you're like, where's he going with this one? A guy named Rudyard Kipling wrote a book called The Jungle Book. You might have heard of it. Later on, it becomes a movie. The dude was born in India. He wrote The Jungle Book in 1894. So think about that for just a second. 1894, and it becomes a Disney movie, and eventually it becomes another Disney movie, and then they reanimate it, or they don't animate it. And like, He also did Gunga Den. Can you imagine? He wrote The Man Who Would Be King. All Rudyard Kipling. There's Ka. Leave me alone. That's just what I should do, but I'm... I don't want to get too far into it, because you're saying... Wait, wait, didn't you say something about Susie Orman? Oh, no, you have to call her Suze Orman. (laughs) What a hot airbag. I think she's like the devil. I wrote a book once, sold it to the publisher. I had all these great chapters. If anyone wants a copy of it, drop me an email, and I'll see if I can still find uh, a PDF of it for you. It was a great book. It was called Susie Orman is like the devil and a hundred other things you need to know. Oh my God, no way. It was actually called Susie Orman is the devil and a hundred things you also need to know. But then the publisher's like, you're going to get sued if you say that because you can't prove that she's the devil. So I had to actually change the title of the book to Susie Orman is like the devil. I can't say Susie Orman is the devil. Why do you think she's worse? Why do I think she's the devil? Because she acts like she's an expert. At one point in time, about five years ago, she had less than 1% of her money in stocks. And she's talking about investing in stocks or don't invest in stocks or invest in stocks. What Susie Arman is, is a product salesperson. She's not a financial expert in any way, shape or form. She never became a CFP. She is not a CFA. She didn't go to business school. She's a woman who wears pants as a jacket. I know you're saying, hold on, say that one more time. She is one of the worst dressed people I've ever seen. She's trying to look hip. She's trying to look cool. So what does she do? She, she gets some leather pants. She re remodifies it and she puts it on as a jacket. And then she has that awful hair and that fake, fake tan. She's kind of like the female Donald Trump as far as looking orange and then fake white teeth, um, which I call chiclets. They look like big old white chiclets in her mouth. So Susie Orman, no, 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 I'm being honest. I'm being honest as best I can. Susie Orman's not the devil, but she sells products like the devil. Remember, um, uh, you know, deals with the devil, Puritans. You know, you'd go out in the woods because the woods are where the devil hangs out in the middle of the night because that's when evil and darkness can get to you. (laughs) She's like the devil. She's not the devil because I can't prove it. She uses television and radio to sell her 20 plus products that range from books to uh, pieces of paper that tell you how to get out of debt. I know you're saying she teaches people how to get out of debt. That's a good thing, Rob. I'm like, no. Google how to get out of debt. 
Save yourself some do re me. Don't give it to her. It, 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 it's simple stuff. How to fix your credit. She sells a book on that. You know how to fix your credit? Pay your bills on time. Or how to build your credit? Go get a secured credit card and use it. And you could, you could easily Google. Or there's, a, there's an app called Credit Karma that tells you how to improve your credit score. It tells you where you went wrong in your credit score. <laughs> I would be the best person ever on The Price is Right. I've been dreaming about going on that show my whole life. I've just been a contestant. like, And I would actually rip my shirt off and, and run on down. Come on down! Um, also, what was it? The um, Family Feud. My sister had a fantasy as a kid of getting our family on Family Feud. I was like, that's a bad idea. This could go all wrong. My dad called me a dummy. Don't be a dummy. Why did you give that answer? You know the, rice, the Price is Right game that scared me the most? I know you're saying, where, where are you going with this? That little yodeling guy who'd go up the mountain? And if he went too far, he'd fall off? That upset me as a kid. So Susie Orman is like the devil. She sells product, but she tells you she's an expert. She sells a lot of bad product is the problem that I have. I wouldn't mind if she was selling good product, but a lot of what she does is ego. I don't have a lot of ego. My dad destroyed that in me. I have a sad, sad story. My dad was a bad alcoholic. He was just numb. He, he didn't hit us, but he was numb. So he didn't engage with us. So and all a kid wants is his dad's love, right? So I have no ego. I don't think highly of myself. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm a hard worker. I'm not smarter than you. I'll outwork you. How's that for a bad ego, right? I'll say I'm not smarter than you. I'll outwork you. You know how I got great at soccer? I outworked people. I used other people to get make me better. So my defenders I talked to pregame. Coach would be like, hey, I want to talk to the team. I'm like, hey, I want to talk to my defenders. As a keeper, I had to have them do what I needed them to do. And I'd tell them what kids to take down. Not hurt, but like that's the one you have to stick on. I'm like the other kid. He can't kick. I can. I can stop his, his his blast. But there was a little kid named Billy who was beautiful, and Billy had golden hair at age eight nine, and the boy could run and he could move, and all he had to do was tap the ball and it would get by me. So there was a kid on my team. I think his name was Otai. He was Turkish. Now Otai is a little Turkish kid who who to was Nick. He was uh, he was Greek. Otai was a Turkish kid who who chased me i was like 10 years old and he was like five and i was afraid of this kid i'd walk by his, his building and the kid would chase me <laughs> for some reason he scared me so otai if i could ever go back to turkey and find that kid otai i'd slap him around except for he's a grown man now and he'd probably slap me around but Susie Orman's like the devil she sells a lot of product she's ego driven you got to be ego driven if you're gonna fake bake that bad and I, for the record, I work in TV, and I've seen her in TV studios, and she's a horrible, horrible person to producers. She's mean, and she's nasty. And actually, I, I think I once saw her eat a, a, a gerbil. She disconnected her jaw and put a whole gerbil in her mouth. And, okay, that that I'm making up. That's not true. That is not appropriate behavior. That's fiction. But the point here is that she's on television, and you're like, ooh, she must be good. No, no. She's just there. A lot of producers are 22, 23 years old. And they need people there every day. And she's willing to go. Um, so be cautious on who you think is like an expert. She's like the devil. She sells a lot of product. She's very wealthy because she sells a lot of product. She's not very wealthy because she's a good investor. I'm really wealthy because I'm a good investor. Now, again, 
I have no ego. So I have to like almost back that, you know, back that I'm a good investor. I've done it for a long time. I've worked really hard. So it's like the jungle book. And this goes all back to Rudyard Kipling, right? He wrote that, that story in the 1890s. That's crazy to me. That's the one that stood the test of time. That tells you he's a great writer, right? But the snake in it was named Carr. It was actually K-A-A. And the snake would come around and say, trust me. And that's what's on TV and radio at times. You, you kind of like, you don't realize that they're really salespeople. They're snake salespeople. Snake oil salespeople. Kinda. You, you see where I'm going out with that? <laughs> it's a man cub. A delicious man cub. It was impressive that the guy who directed Iron Man went on to direct the Jungle Book. As uh, like he could have directed a hundred Iron Men. We love Iron Man, right? We love superheroes. He's like, nah, I'm gonna do a, a remake of a movie that was a classic Disney movie. Um, and it, what a movie that was, right? Okay, one mistake that I, I, I really also want to be cautious on is that a lot of people want to find someone who has a computer software that can pick stocks be very very cautious with this if there was computer software that could pick stocks do you think i'd be doing this radio show right now now i'd be at home sitting with uh who would i be sitting with i used to be able to say things like christy brinkley but that's not relevant anymore who would i be sitting with exciting Somebody named Gigi, I think. Yes, it would be Gigi. And I'd be, Gigi, give me a bonbon. I want to make a million dollars. And she goes, show me how you make a million dollars. Turn on the computer and, and hit buy. Okay, baby. If there was a computer that would do that, I would sit around all day long with Gigi and just impress her by hitting a couple keystrokes. Do you think there's a computer program that does that? Nope. You know the commercials that you hear? We're going to teach you how to be traders. Do you know where the good traders are? They're in Chicago. They're not on TV or radio. They're not doing commercials. They're not trying to teach you, the average person. Do you think I would teach you? If I could hit 150 mile per hour fastball, do you think I'd teach you how to do that? No, I'd be doing it. I wouldn't share with you the secrets on how to hit a fastball 150 miles. So be very, 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 very cautious on people that want to train you or teach you. Keep in mind that I want to train you and teach you. <laughs> Trust me. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Be careful on market timers. It's the opposite of diversification. And keep in mind that that's a bad thing. So when you're basically saying, I'm, I know I'm right, that's when you get into trouble in life. I'm Rob Black talking, and that's why you get in so much trouble when you're in your 20s, because you're arrogant and filled with hormones, and you, you always think you're right. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 200 years ago, I would have said, send me a telegram. And you would have gone to the telegram guy and you would have got dot 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 but now you can send me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. You don't have to send a telegram. You don't have to send the Pony Express. Oh, rob at robblackshow.com. Um, let's move forward. I like lists. Everyone likes lists. So I want to talk a little about one of my favorite lists. I get a lot of questions about how do I buy stocks? What stock should I buy today? And you know what? Honestly, I, I want you to learn is a lot of times that stock that you want to buy today is the same exact stock that you want to know why you're selling it. Does that make any sense? 
before you buy, you got to know when you want to sell. What's your time frame? I like recommending stocks that you might hold your whole life because you know how what? I, I tend not to look that bad. Even if I say things like buy Disney at $120 a share and it goes down to 80, I'll go, you're mad at me. You're mad at me, aren't you? I could see that you're mad at me. I go, but I'll say, I did say buy it for your whole life. See the time frame, how that saves me a little bit? I'm not going to take this anymore. Now, if you were to say, what do you think I think about um, a hot new IPO? I'd say have a goal. If you wanted to go up 20%, that's your goal. Write stuff down. If you can't write it down, shame on you. Um, you know, writing it down makes it true. When you carve your initials of love into the tree for someone, it makes it true. If it's just in your head, no one knows about it. So if you can't write down your investment process, you can't do it. Here are eight reasons when you should sell, or is it? A lot of people won't sell. We don't need a, we don't need a top 10 list yet. We'll think so. Um, you just can't sell that winner. Um, I've seen people double their money, triple their money. It keeps rising, and you can cash in on it, and some people just won't do it. So you kind of turn a trade into a long-term investment, or you kind of change the rules. There's nothing wrong with that, but write them down again. So I know the best example of that, of not selling your winners, is stock options. A lot of people get paid with options, not paid. A lot of people get supplemental pay from their company with stock options. And when the good times are going, people don't sell it. But when the bad times hit, they don't know what to do. Number two, big mistake that people make when it comes to selling is they just can't get rid of that loser. They bought a stock, it went down, and it's a loser. Or maybe you fell in love, it was passionate, and then the guy turned into a loser deadbeat. Sometimes it's over when it's over, right? And you should move on. In psychology, it's called the endowment effect. Once we invest in something, whether it be a relationship, whether it be a football team, whether it be a stock, we endow it with more value than it ever really had. So stock becomes more prized and valued if we've put our money into it. You know, if a company like XYZ.com goes down, I don't care, but if I own it, I'll be like, I do care. I once liked you and I want to like you again. So you can sometimes can't get rid of that loser. And think about it in relationships. Think about it like, I got to a point where I just gave up on sports. I know you're saying, really? <clears throat> um, I'm not going to be passionate about them like I used to. I'm not going to you know, throw money at them like I used to. I'm not going to go on a Friday night in its playoffs. Hey, hey, buddy, you want to go watch the game? Let's, let's, go, let's go get your tickets right now. I'll plan it if I want to see it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, none of my teams, <laughs> I'm not going to say none of my teams, um, but a lot of times the payoff for being a fan isn't great, especially if your team loses, and you just don't want to get rid of it. I get it. Another mistake that people make is they have no idea what the numbers are. So if you buy a stock at 10, what's that mean? What's the market cap of it? Do you want to sell it at 13? That's a 30% return. Do you want to sell it at 20? Do you want to sell half of it at 20 and then let the rest ride? I've seen people do that strategy. It's not very complicated. Another mistake people make is they won't adjust their plans. And let's say you bought a stock that doubles or triples and it becomes too much of your portfolio and you never wanted it to be too much, but you're like, it's, it's, it's a good thing. It's not a good thing. You, you want moderation, moderation, you want diversity for diversity's sake on some level. I'm not going to tell you everything you, you want to do, but if you bought a small company and it becomes a large company, is it still the same company? They're able to go from 10 million in revenues, 20 million in revenues, 
20 to 100. It's tougher to go 100 to 200, 200 to 400. Big numbers start catching up with you. So sometimes you have to adjust your plans and say, okay, I I wanted 20% exposure to small caps, 20% to mid caps, 20% to large cap, 20% to international, 20% to income. Sometimes you have to adjust those numbers when things get out of whack. Um, Another mistake people make when selling stocks is or the whole stock selling process is you lose confidence in your convictions. Um, A bad market does not mean you made a bad investment. A good investment sometimes can happen in a good market. And you're like, woohoo, it's going great. But in a bad market, you're like, hmm, I think I might have made a mistake. And maybe you didn't. Maybe you just have to wait for interest rates to stabilize or trade wars to normalize. Or maybe you just got to get through the process. Maybe there's a general negative mood. And sometimes you have to let that play out. Biggest mistake I see people buying and selling stocks is trying to time the market. I've never met a market timer worth a million dollars, ever. And you'll hear commercials on radio and television that say things along the lines of, um, is now the time to buy gold? Things are drastic out there. The market could go lower, much lower. We have one study from a man at a bar in New Jersey who said the market could go 99% lower. It's never gone down 99%. And it's gone through the World War One and World War Two and nuclear strikes, and it's gone through uh, Nagasaki and Hiroshima and recessions and depressions, high oil, low oil. It's gone through crazy stuff. Khrushchev saying he's going to bury us. He pulls out a shoe and slams it down on a, on a like it's ex- the Cuban Missile Crisis. We got through it. So tr- don't try to time the market. And the people that are trying to sell you timing in the market, look at what their bias is. They have something they want to put in front of you because you got something they want cash. Try to cut out the mistakes on selling. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.